Welcome back to Life Shouldn't Hurt with our guest, Bryn Griffiths, and our host, Grant Fedorik. Bryn, your story is just inspiring, and uh, I want to get I want to go on so that people can hear what happens after you go through all of these processes and, and you're sitting, maybe not sitting around, you're out and about and you want to be active and then what? Well, you know, one, I was just lucky to get out of the hospital. When I did, I had the opportunity to sit on the back deck a lot. And, uh, I was there with my pal, a golden retriever named Jax. So while everybody at the house went off to work and did their thing, it was just me and Jax on a beautiful, beautiful day, which was repeated the next day, which was repeated the next day. One of the things that I've told uh, friends of mine who've gone through the cancer battle is don't, don't measure your success daily. Do it by week because the improvement is really quite small day to day. But when you look from, uh, I used to do it every Monday. Monday morning was the day where I, I would look back and go, okay, what can I do today that I couldn't do last Monday? And you start to recognize that there are some positive movements forward. And it really worked well for me. When I had started to do it daily, I just couldn't see the improvement day to day. So that was one thing that I did. The other thing, too, is that uh, I was determined to beat this right from the get-go. I got the diagnosis, stage 4 stomach cancer, and it flattened me for maybe 30 seconds. That's it. My significant partner was flat for about a day emotionally. I, I kind of shook it off. I shook it off really quickly. And the very next thing I said, okay, what do we got to do? He says, well, we got to get that tumor out. Well, okay, well, let's get, let's get going. I want to get this out of me and let's move forward. So anyway, I had this downtime, which was really, really important. I, I unfortunately, because I was on a tube feed, I, it was really hard for me. I hated the tube feed and it's probably about the only negative thing through that whole nine month process that I went through. But I thought to myself, okay, I went into the hospital a week after we did the COVID shutdown. I couldn't see any of my family members for six weeks. It is easily the darkest period of my life. Nobody there to say, I love you. Nobody to hold your hand. Nobody to encourage you other than the support staff at the hospital. But to not be able to see anybody other than one or two times where we did a FaceTime with the family, uh, that was the hardest part of it. And I figured by the time I got out of the hospital and back home, it's all going to be great from this point forward. And that was my mental frame of mind. And I made sure that I, I learned a couple of things from what Dale Howardcheck had told me. He said, listen to everything that the, that the doctors and the nurses are telling you. Follow it. Don't question it. Just do it. And then the other thing, and I can't remember who told me this. It might have been a good friend of mine, John Sexsmith, who's also had his battles with cancer. And that is when your body says rest, rest. Don't, uh, don't push it. Just you, this is a slow process, but it will be a progressive uh, level. So for me, I was able to sit on the back deck right through until I, I guess uh, I, I weighed in at 100. I, I was 273 pounds when I started. And by the time, and that was in January, by the time I got around to uh, late September, early October, I was down to 138 pounds. Had you lost any weight uh, before you got the diagnosis at all? I had lost a little bit. It was just incremental, not right. very much. But, you know, for a guy who was just at 5'8 and 270 pounds, I was on my way to having a big one. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I was really on my way for a heart attack. So the fact I was losing a little bit of weight didn't concern me a little bit, but because I also thought I was off, I went, hmm, I don't really know. I, something's not quite right. Right. And for those listeners, it, it, it's one of the telltale signs we learn in school. It's uh, unexplained weight, weight loss. It's somebody comes in and they, they say, you know, I'm down 15 pounds, but yeah, you know, it's good. I, I feel better than ever. And you say, were you trying? And uh, yeah. it's no, no, I'm not trying. And all of a sudden bells need to go off. So for those listeners, that's one thing I would love people to know. You know, if you're losing weight and you don't know why, that's not a look in the mirror with a smile on your face. That's, I should get checked yeah, out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in my case, when I hit 138 and they told me I was going to lose weight because the tube feed can only put so many calories in and it's a really uncomfortable process. And uh, because you don't have a stomach, you're not eating real food. It's everything that you're putting in with the little machine, which, like I said, I hated everything about that. But my goal was to get off that machine and start eating foods. The one thing that I do recall at the cross was they said, is there a food that you'd like to eat again? Well, because you don't have a stomach anymore, you don't eat three meals a day. You now have to eat, uh, as I call it, incrementally. Right. You have to eat eight little meals a day. And so I told him, I said, well, the one thing I've, I would really like to be able to eat by the time we get to December is tandoori chicken for some reason. <laughs> First thing that popped into my mind. And the doctors at the cross looked at me and they nodded and smiled and went, that's a great thing to to aspire to. I'm not sure that you'll be able to ever eat that again, though. But I think that I had had that by the time I got to maybe September. Oh, wow. So the goal for me was just to push myself a little bit. Absolutely. That was part of the fun, if I can use that term. What a great goal, though. Oh, yeah. Something achievable. Well, maybe not achievable to them, but uh, to you, you know, you know you've got there when you got to eat that tandoori chicken. I got to say one other thing, too, on my mental frame of mind. A good friend of mine had passed away from cancer a few years earlier, and I asked him, uh, and of course, you don't think you're ever going to use this information. And I said, so where, where's the big change been in your life? He said, well, my spectrum has widened. I see things that I normally wouldn't see. And I just kind of blew it off, didn't think too much about it. But when I was sitting on that back deck, I used to notice things like, I didn't realize how many blue jays we have coming down to the bird feeder or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. And as we're uh, doing this interview right now, there's a window behind you. And I'm just laughing because I've just been watching a squirrel. And that's the kind of stuff that I now notice. That's the kind of stuff that just kind of turns me on and just makes me excited about living. I feel like I'm living again is what it is. And if it wasn't for you guys also at your place, suggesting that I come over and, uh, and, and work out a little bit to get myself, I was worried because I'd lost all this weight. I wanted to get my muscle mass back up. And you guys, uh, you guys took me on as a bit of a challenge. And that was another huge, huge moment for me. So uh, to be on with you today and be the very first guest on this, I I I don't think I can ever repay you. But I to me this is this is uh, I owe you this. Well, listen, Bryn. First of all, your story and and your success is all the thanks Thank that you. we need in our world because there's nothing that makes anybody feel better than seeing somebody conquer a challenge and and you've done that. Now, what? How how did you take that part on? Was it incremental as well, or did you say, did you set a goal? Did did you work with the team and say, this is where I want to be? Well, having worked for the Edmonton Oilers for five years as well, I got to know Glenn Sather a little bit, and he was all about the carrot on the stick. <laughs> and so I recognize that for me to move forward here now, I have to have goals. And one of my goals was I'd like to get back over to Europe and maybe do a little trip sometime in the next two to three years, which I accomplished 
last September, took my better half, Lori, once again. We went over to Europe. We did Italy, Austria, Germany, and Hungary over the span of two weeks. One day in Rome, I did almost 30,000 steps, and I was averaging 16 kilometers a day. That's a Boston Marathon for me in my condition, but all it does is it just charges me up. to. It shows me what you're capable of if you think you can do it and go for it. And that's kind of what, that's the direction that I wanted to go with this. And that's the direction I'll always go with this now. And which, what's next? What, what's your next uh, goal? I don't know. I'd you know, I keep, keep hearing Brian Hall saying he's not retiring, you know, and, and so I let, you know, there's a guy in his eighties, I'm in my sixties. I'd like to retire at some point. However, it's not going to be the end of the world for me if I got to keep working. Cause I, I love it. If you love it, it's not work. Yeah, And I, I just love every day is a new adventure for me. And I know it sounds corny and hokey and everything, but once you've been to the edge, uh, now it's, uh, it's a little easier for me to move ahead. And I try to simplify life and I try to focus better. And that's where I sit right now. Well, I'll tell you, I want to end every show with, uh, with a guest giving their advice. So somebody facing a challenge like you did, one thing, one thing that might inspire them, or you've got it. I know it. You only get a minute. I know. Got, it. Wow. Let's see if you can do it. Uh, I'm actually a little speechless on this one. I think the importance for me moving forward now is to make sure that I'm accessible for people. Always give people the time of day, especially people who've gone through or going through the battle that you just did three years ago. And if you can give them a couple of pieces of advice and make them feel better about beating this thing, there's a lot of great positive stories that are coming out of the Cross Cancer Institute and the Tom Baker in Calgary. But people always just tend to default to the negative. Trust me, you can beat it. But you got it's you got it. It's got to be here and in your heart. It's got to be up in your brain and in your heart that you're going to beat it. And I think that you can. Thanks for your time today, Bryn. No you're problem. An inspiration to me and a lot of people who have got to hear your story today. Appreciate it. It's been fun being on. Thanks for being with us today on our inaugural show. And be sure to join us again next week. This is Life Shouldn't Hurt on the Chorus Radio Network.